Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Meet Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes. And that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob. He's Kyle. And every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Great Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Get in early so we can answer those questions and get you back out to the garage or the driveway or uh, over to the neighbor's house or uh, wherever you got to go to fix that car. Wherever the car broke last cold snap. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, on the way in, I seen a car looks like it crashed uh, down a certain street and it was just all taped off and left right there in the street up against the pole. So maybe you need to get that back there to get your car fixed. Yeah, I thought they'd have had it towed off, but it seemed like it was just hanging out on top of the pole. It's a landmark now. Yep, it's not a landmark. So we are Buchanan Service Centers at uh, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. So stop in and see us about your car repair. We're BP Gas Station, so stop in and get some gas, pop candy, cigarettes, and uh, maybe ask a question while you're there and, and uh, zoom on down the road. We're there all the time, so... But it's going to be, what, 64 today. So we got no reason not to get these things running, get these cars going, Kyle. Yeah. Looks I mean, like you got about two days, according to Scott here. Yeah. Two or yeah. three days. So we want to make sure we get our car all cleaned up on Monday because when it snows, roads will be terrible. Then we'll have to get it all cleaned up on Tuesday. Yeah, you got three days. You could restore a whole car in this time. Yeah. Why not? They do it every week on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They do. They drive to people's houses and uh, this is day two. We gotta get this in the booth. Holy moly! I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I could see all between the scenes that actually happens because you and I know that uh, as soon as the camera stops, about sixty more guys come in. Yes, sixty more guys, about three more trailers, everything else, and I can imagine all the paint and overspray in the driveway because I I have some friends. Believe it or not, they find the nicest, calmest day and they pull their and you do this mm-hmm. you pull it outside and, and you paint your car out in the driveway yeah so uh done a few paint jobs outside yeah yeah and they, actually they've turned out pretty good yeah I, 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 what did the first one turn out that's what i want to know what what the first one turn out like kyle well i mean the actual first time was you know just a trial thing and then there was you know some sanding involved <laughs> some and, you know, sanding then we had to, <laughs> days of sanding yeah then we had to go back through and paint it all over again okay yeah Compared to now, you got it down now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's always the first trial that's... So there's this... Now that you bring that up, there's a product that I'm really interested in buying. I tried it out at a buddy's house because he bought one. You know, when you go to a little kid's birthday party, they all have these inflatable jump around houses. Well, that company that makes those makes a paint booth. 
And it yeah. folds it folds down, rolls up. You put it in a backpack, and you just got to pump. You oh, pump so- it up, and it's the size of a, about a car and a half garage, enough to get a standard-sized car in. It's got air hose adapters inside, a fan, the whole deal. You paint your car in there, deflate it, roll it back up. Interesting. So how much sanding does it take to get, uh, like, leaves and bird poop out of the paint once you paint it? Well, depending on if you want them out. I mean, <laughs> custom's custom, Bob. If you want That's them out. That's a Nebraska out. custom. <laughs> Those are elm leaves there. <laughs> there you go. All right. Can't get that in Florida. <laughs> All right, we're going to head back into the – we're going to go over to the calls. We've got a full bank. Tom with a 2020 Tacoma. Tom, what's up? Yeah, actually, i got two cars, which I think will involve the same question. A 2020 Toyota Tacoma, it's got the 3.5-liter um, Atkinson cycle V6 and a 2021 Subaru Forester that has the 2.5-liter Boxer. I'm almost certain the Toyota has direct injection, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. certain that Subaru Forcer, the two and a half liter boxer, is also direct injection. Correct. And I've been reading a lot about the necessity to run top tier gas, or if you don't run top tier gas, you should every so often run treatment through the tank to keep the injectors clean because that's kind of a problem that seems to plague uh, the direct injectors. And uh, are the over the counter? If that's true, is the over the counter stuff worthwhile? Do I need to buy the expensive stuff at, at the pro shop level? What's your take on that? Well, they're both direct injected, mm-hmm. um, and they both both kind of need the top tier fuel, like you said. And it used to be in the old days that the injector was upstream of the the of everything, so it was just all the fuel would wash everything down and burn it just a little bit by little bit. Now it don't because it's all direct injected. Um, yes, yeah. if you're going to yeah, going, going straight into the cylinders, yep. they're going through an intake manifold. Yep. So you get all that, um, carbon buildup on the valves, everything like that. So you're, when you're putting in the gas tank, that's not going to help that. There's two services that are needed for these engines an induction cleaning that cleans those valves. Mm-hmm. And then also you can run the top tier fuel, but also about every six months pour in you know, like a BG product, the 44K is a great product. You can get that on our shelves or most park stores have it. Yeah, that's what we run. And it's, it's a little spendy, but it's it well is. worth it. It is. And get the expensive stuff, whatever you get. Don't get an expensive concentrate. Don't uh, buy the stuff that's 295 because that's only making you feel good. It ain't doing nothing. Um, but that, that's but, kind of what I thought. Yeah. 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 It's, um, you know, just put it in a full tank of gas. You want it in a full tank of gas because it's designed to run through 20, 25 gallons. So you're running 25 gallons of that product through. And then the air induction, like Kyle said, is just, that's the breathing part of it. You'd be surprised how all the the stuff that's hanging in there that doesn't, used to get washed out, doesn't. So, yeah, true on all accounts. That just needs to be done. And it's just a service that we never used to think of when we didn't have uh, direct injection. Well, both vehicles are running, running running just fine, and so no problems or drivability issues, but that's not something you want to blow off. I mean, one's got right. about 35,000 miles, the other's got 55. Um, so um, We've never, you know, there are some places that sell the uh, fuel injection service that you run through a port and run everything through. I, we've never really... I mean, that's a service you can do. We've always been great luck with just doing the, the products that, that have highly concentrated on a full tank of fuel, you know, run some premium through it too. So you got a, a double whammy going on there as far as cleaning it. And uh, we never really had much injector failure. 
to be quite honest and with you, most, you don't have a lot of fuel injection failure as much as you used to. No. Those uh, those one those won't harm the catalytic converters or other emission devices on the cars. Nope. 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 Okay. Very good. You guys are the best. Thanks for your help. Appreciate you listening. All right, we're going to head over to Doug. Doug's got a question about E15. Doug, what's going on? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, yesterday they uh, released information they're going to move to E15 in 2025. And I was curious, you know, the uh, information stated that it will not adversely affect vehicles made after 2000. My curiosity is what will do the ones made before 2000? And is it really true that after 2000 won't or anything? Your thoughts? I trust you guys. Well, I would imagine after 2000, the fuel strategy that they have already baked into the computers has already kind of accounted for that. Mm -hmm. um, and the O2 sensors are going to be able to adjust accordingly. So that's just kind of an on-the-fly kind of thing that they've put into the programming. E15 isn't crazy amounts of ethanol. No. I mean, it's not like E85. I mean, we've seen people put E85 in these cars, and they run super lean. Super lean, and it, some will kind of run kind of crappy. Some you can run it out. I had mm -hmm. I had a customer the other day that put E85 in, and uh, it was it was a four wheel drive. It was going to take a fair amount of money to drop the tank down, and she says, "I just uh, I'm not going to do it." She says, "I'm just going to drive it." So I gave her the, the the what's and why's and what's going on and what could happen, and and she ran it out, filled it full of premium, and there was not a problem. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, E85 is not that far a stretch past 10 that it's going to be a huge deal. Well, what about the pre-2000 vehicles? Well, it, you know, my guess our advice has always been if it's going to be a, a carburetor that you run premium anyway. Yeah, start carburetors running. aren't going to handle that. No. Well, but, e I mean, the, you know, from the year 2000 up, I mean, or even in the 90s, I mean, they can handle it. I don't think it's going to hurt anything. No, you know. I mean, if anything, you're going to end up with a lean condition. Yeah, and the check in that particular car anyway. The check engine light's been on for a couple of years anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now it, we don't want to run it in carburetors just because over a period of time it it just it plugs them up, it corrodes them, it eats right through that aluminum. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And some of them, those carburetor aluminum parts are are on on those kind of '90s eras, '80s eras kind of cars. So. Uh, don't yeah. run it in your lawnmower yep. but the car should be just fine yeah yeah okay well thank you guys appreciate it you bet doug appreciate the question all right we're going to take a quick break on the mr mechanic show and come back and answer some more calls can i have your attention please forward march oh i wish that i was mr mechanic that is who i truly want to be if I was Mr. Mechanic, everyone would be in love with me. <laughs> Mr. Mechanic is all meat and all good meat, too. Rich and complete protein meat. Wait, what? I think this is supposed to be for Oscar Mayer Wiener. Oh, okay. I wish that I was Mr. Mechanic. Okay, kids. That is who I truly want to be. Kids, stop sticking. If I was Mr. Mechanic. Oh, well. Everyone would be in love with me. <laughs> Mr. Mechanic. Throw him in a bun and have some fun. Okay, I know this is for hot dogs. Dennis has got a 1990 Ford F-150. Dennis, what's up today? 
Okay, has got a noise in it. I, I imagine I, you I do. Back, I back out of my uh, driveway. When it go forward, I hear a very loud clunk. Okay. All right. And, does uh, it do it on flat pavement or on a hill or does it matter? I, Just any time you back I, up and change the direction. Well, almost every time. If I stop on the level, back up, and then go forward, sometimes it doesn't do it. Have you checked the U-joints? I've checked the U-joints. I've checked motor mounts. I've checked... Uh, Exhaust system for something loose. Uh, I've had it up on a rack a couple times looking for it. I can't find anything that uh, looks remiss. It, and you so say, I thought, and you, you say it does it. Does it do it in reverse too, or just in forward? Just when you driving check. forward after I've backed up. Okay. Have you checked the play in the differential? Uh, from what you can just turn it by hand, it just seems to be a normal amount of, okay. of uh, looseness in the differential. So. Sure. Hmm. Mm. Does cold or warm affect it? Uh, no. I wonder if you're not going to something that's like... So the reason I ask if you had it when it was going reverse, uh, that uses just kind of a different... And this this is an automatic, correct? Yes. Okay. I'm wondering if you're not going... Is it four-wheel drive? No, two-wheel drive. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm wondering, and just based on what you're kind of telling me, like the old Chrysler products used to, you, you're like you're going full line pressure on the transmission when you go into drive. So reverse is going to be a different uh, circuit, and maybe you're doing normal there, but when you're going into drive, all of a sudden you, you're supposed to go in gradually, and it sounds to me like you're going one to 100 immediately and it goes kabang um, yes. and does it seem to shift okay going forward uh everything works fine there's no uh and, and no can, vibrations or anything when you're driving it's uh and it can so, i mean it, everything can work fine but except for when you're going on to yeah. that that initial switch when that solenoid gives up i mean you're just kind of really throwing a blow right at this yeah, and if it's a yeah, if it's a 1990, yeah, you're just throwing you're throwing all straight line pressure right straight to there, and that could be because in the valve body in there there could be stuck uh, pistons or balls, check valves, things of that nature. But that's kind of what you're describing. If, if you've gone through and and like Kyle said, you've checked there's not an abnormal amount of play in the rear differential or the U uh, joints, U joints, yeah. or I mean, anything else really along that line. To, there's not a lot on that truck. No, it's a two-wheel drive. So let's think about what we got. When you put it into drive, you have got transmission, drive shaft, and rear end. I mean, you've got three things. That's yep. it. So if you've checked the U-joints and the and the rear differential, and you don't have excessive play. If you have excessive play in the rear differential, you're also going to have it in reverse. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go away. It's not going to be there in drive and not in reverse. Yep. So what's left is your transmission. So if you take a transmission shop, they'll have the tools to be able to hook on into certain spots and they'll be able to look at that and say, yeah, you're going a full boat and uh, this is maybe what it's going to cost to fix it or, or to put a rebuild. That's, that's going to be my best educated guess of what you got. Then your next step is uh, based on what it's going to cost is uh, how much can I live with it? 
Oh, okay. Well, you know, so I mean, if, I, if I live with it, uh, what risk am I taking? Transmission goes out. Transmission goes out. The rear differential don't like it. I mean, um, you know, and all the associated parts, drive shaft, rear differential, things like that. So it could cost you just X amount for the transmission, or it could cost you double that amount to put some other things in it. When you get to 1990, yeah, yeah, you know how many of those are out there that don't have a million miles on it? So, yeah, you just got to weigh the well, option, I, options and costs. I, I had the transmission rebuilt uh, within the last 20,000 miles, so. Yeah, yeah. I would hope. I was hoping it was not the transmission, but you're scaring me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just trying to get you some information of where it's going, but you, like you say, yep. you think about it, That's and it's a two-wheel drive. You just don't have much yep. in that system. Yep. You only got three things, and I, and I think, you. yeah, I just take it back to them and take a look. Maybe there's just a, a minor adjustment needs to be done. That's what I guess okay. it is. Mm-hmm. Good enough. Appreciate the call, Dennis. Thank you for the good advice. You bet. Not a problem. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you, everybody listening. So we're going to head over to Mark. Mark's got a 2012 Chevy Traverse. Mark, what could be wrong with this? Actually, you guys helped me fix it. Good. Um, yeah. When you said that the fuel vapor canister solenoid or something like that. Yeah, vent valve. Um, and so I put a new one on myself, and that number four cylinder misfire went away, mm-hmm. and my check engine light went away. And here's the crazy part, guys. My my passenger window had never worked from the driver's control thing, and I had been troubleshoot trying to troubleshoot that the the window buttons, and this has been going on for a year or so. But here. When that check engine light went away with the fuel vapor solenoid, my window is working. And, I, you know, my check engine light is out. I can remote start. It's just crazy. But I'm not, I'm not arguing. Well, <laughs> we've got some good news and bad news for you. It's because you called us okay. up. Yeah. Anytime you call the Mr. Mechanic Show and you go out to fix your car, you know. We've got special powers, yeah, which we don't, right. we don't like to tell everybody, but that's we've got special powers. <laughs> the bad news is is that uh, purge, sil- uh, purge valve that you replaced mm-hmm. should have absolutely nothing to do with that window. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I will. But I, that goes back to last week's show where you get in there and you clear some things out or disconnect a battery. Things yep. come back. Oh. Yep. Things can come back, and, and you, don't, you don't ask questions where questions don't need to be asked. Yeah. But okay. I will tell you, I'm just going to give you, since we went there with the window, um, if it does stop working, which I don't think it will, mm-hmm. but if it does stop working, over in those, uh, there's bulkhead connectors where everything on the door plugs into the body. Mm-hmm. And yep. those will, there's like a, it's a snap fit plastic connector and they'll get water in them. And sure. you pull sure. those out of there, and we have seen where the, the pins are corroded and all sorts of stuff in there. Green so and Green gross. and everything else. And I can tell you to yep. fix it is is astronomical to try to get a – because you have to get a body harness, and you got to get a door harness, and it gets kind of crazy. So Okay. That, hey, if, if I can ask, I got one more vehicle. I, I know I'm limited on time. Um, a friend of mine has got an 07 F-150. And kind of like the previous caller, his when you step on the gas hard, you can hear kind of a, a not a good sound coming from the middle of the truck. 
So I crawled under there, and that when you say a U joint, is that the same as a CV joint? Same concept, different spot. Yes. Oh. CV. uh, Okay. Well, what do you say? F one fifty. Yeah. So you can have a you can have a CV joint style on a on a on a drive shaft, but that's not that car. Oh. CB joints are more for independent front suspension, and they have axles that go out there. That's independent has those on on that. U joints go pretty much out of the transmission, you know, back to the rear end. Those are just U joints because they can handle more of a load, oh. yes. much more of a load, yeah, much more of a load. Sometimes you'll oh. see a CV on like a front drive shaft, but not a rear. Not a rear, never a rear. Uh, well, I shouldn't say never a rear, but European European SUVs. will, but they've really beefed it up, so they just don't take the abuse. I didn't see any excessive play when I was under there trying to move that drive shaft. I mean, it's that, or would there be a, a rear bearing coming out of the transmission? And I don't know. I it doesn't sound good. So uh, maybe a carrier bearing. Does it just got? Uh, just one drive shaft, or has it got a uh, carrier in the middle? Is it probably a double cab? Uh, that I don't know. Okay. I so don't know. There can be a carrier bearing in the middle. you got a small drive shaft that comes out and has a carrier bearing, and then a big drive shaft that goes to the rear differential. Um, okay. Is it a two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive? Four-wheel. Four-wheel. Okay. So we got a transfer case with a chain in it there. Yep. Also that, too. So you might want to look at that fluid in there. If it's leaked out, I mean, that chain's going to make a hellacious noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's all I got, guys. Thank you. All right. Appreciate the call. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be back in a minute. The Mr. Mechanic Show is powered by Buchanan Service Center, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. We're going to head over to Rich. Rich has got a 23 Camry. Rich, what's going on? Uh, it's a new Camry, four-cylinder, 2.5 liter. I'm doing my old, own oil change, and there are one-inch wide grooves in the oil pan on the bottom. Mm-hmm. The oil plug is not in the bottom groove. It's in the uh, upper upper part of the groove. So when you drain the oil, there's like, oh, an eighth or a quarter of inch oil left in parts of the oil pan. You're not getting it all out. Interesting. I don't know that I've seen a 23 on that. So they maybe they're, um, I, I, you know, I do don't. Do the grooves exist inside the oil pan? Can you put like a little pick in there and feel the grooves? Or is the pan flat and these are just it just air it, deflection? It just looks like it is. It, it, does it seem like it's it's got a ridge in there? Uh Well, I, I haven't looked on the inside. But yeah. I, I assume it's just a pressed part. And there are, you know, there, there's inch-wide grooves, looks like strengthening grooves for yeah. the bottom. Yeah. And uh, I'm concerned that there's oil left in the second, third, and fourth groove over. Mm. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't seen one as of yet, but we've only got a couple of choices. If there is something in there, then there, maybe they're putting something in there for a sludge container, so to speak, that just kind of has all the debris that can sit on the bottom and not go anywhere else. That uh, would be nice to come out the drain plug hole, should there be any. Not that you will ever have any, but uh, that there should be. Otherwise, it's it's hard to tell, you know, if that bottom part of that inside of that pan is smooth. Um, I, it's flat on the inside. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll, 
I'll, I'll get I'll get a wire and check and see if the bottom part is smooth enough. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Some of those we take apart, and I mean, it's a two-piece pressed together pan, and I mean, you got a visual look on the outside, but what you see inside is totally different. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank Pre- you. Appreciate the call, Rich. Let us know. Yeah, you know, it seems like uh, sometimes we would wish the engineers would get together with the the guys that are building that in charge mm-hmm. of the bottom part of it. We had one the other day. We changed oil on it. Was a plug, and uh, it had been. And I, I mean, it was just a flat plug that you had to put an Allen wrench up in there to get out of there. And it was they they made it small, mm-hmm. and then when it's hot, and you're trying to hold on to that tiny little thing, oil was just it was all over the floor. And you just couldn't do it any better either. No. <laughs> it just was like, whoa. Somebody was sick that day, I always say, and uh, this guy stepped in to do the drain There's, plug design. Yeah, a lot of cars. And it never really seems to be a problem till late summer into yeah. August when yeah, you cars know, come in at 300 degrees. And, and there's always been a certain uh, you know, diameter to the hole. So it comes mm-hmm. out, but it doesn't come out all one shot. Yeah. Unless it's like uh, some, I had, we had one car one day that we pulled it out of there. It actually shot through the wheel. Yeah, that's a Mercedes out. SUV <laughs> through the wheel and then right into the uniform bin yeah, for right. the washed uniforms. <laughs> the plug is seems like it's about an inch and a half. So you got eight, ten, you know, quarts of oil that are all coming out of one shot, and here it comes right now. That's at, like Subaru so at 190 it's degrees. It's like a 17 millimeter plug, and yeah, you pull them out and. Here comes all the oil. Yeah. <laughs> these are all mechanic issues, and these are just mm-hmm. uh, the things that you don't see when you get your oil changed. And uh, because we always wipe it off, clean up the mess, take a can of brake clean and all, clean it all off. But it's just like, really? I mean, why do we have to change what was going on for the last That's like, uh, 30 years? Smart cars. We don't see a lot of smart cars. But well, uh, yeah. So you take the smart car, and I mean, I had one customer that had one, so I got a pretty fair amount of experience you know walking around checking mm-hmm. this thing out and the largest bolt on that car largest fastener in general the oil drain plug <laughs> 27 millimeter socket to get this drain plug out that's pretty good size yeah yeah so, and it only holds probably i think it holds three, three quarts, quarts. Oil. yeah three quarts oil anyway so you can imagine how quick those come out <laughs> yeah you know and there's like some dropping a gallon of milk on the floor <laughs> all one shot <laughs> And, you know, surprisingly, you know, there's like some of the cars, some of, uh, let's say, just Chevy, Chevy truck, for example, those are starting to come out with eight quarts in it, you know, mm-hmm. extra oil. And uh, there are some cars, uh, like a Honda Civic, that has three and a half, three and three quarters quarts. Yeah. So as that car ages, they don't seem to have a problem, you know, burning the oil. So, but it just seems like, boy, you'd want at least four quarts. Yeah, I always thought that that was the standard, but I mean, the old Civics, I mean, they were, what, three and three quarters? Mm-hmm. I mean, not much mm-hmm. oil goes in those. You need a little, we want a little extra because yeah, I mean, uh, as cars have gotten, and you've heard me say this many a times, as, as cars have gotten better, nobody wants to lift the hood to check the oil. And I had just somebody tell me the other day, I can't be out of oil because my sticker says I have a thousand miles left to go. There wasn't no oil, was there? I said, I, it doesn't work that way. And they had come in, and they had a list of codes. And I said, all those codes that you have in your hand all relate to oil. I said, is the oil full? I'm not due till another 1,000 miles. I said, that's not what I asked. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, so I, I he Let went out. Let me tell you something about your car that you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we went out and checked it, and guess what? 
out of the four court, four and a half court system, it was down three courts. Hmm. He was surprised. So he's going to check it more often. Good and that's kind of what we should. So interesting. Uh, you know, every, you know, a couple weeks ago, Kyle, these are interesting. We've talked about this. Uh, the, 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 the YMO, these are the, um, these are the taxis, the Jaguar taxis that are in. Oh, I thought you said wino. Well, no, not wino. <laughs> so we're talking about these YMO. guys now. <laughs> These are in California. These are our Jaguar taxis that are all run self-drive, you know, self-driving. Okay. So they're trying to get more. They're in Arizona and some other bigger cities in California kind of took them off the road because uh, they didn't like them or they, 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 uh, they, they have problems sometimes. They can, most of the time they're fine. But it's real interesting to see a car coming alongside the road with you there that has nobody in it you've called a you've called the taxi and the taxi's heading to the people to go pick them up and take them to the airport or take them to wherever but as you're looking over there there's nobody in this car i don't know how comfortable i am with that i did not and i did not uh pull in front of it and step on the brakes just to see what would happen i i, I it was suggested that i do it but i didn't do it because okay. i didn't want to be tied up in the yeah, traffic deal. Yeah, there is one that ran into a uh, following the road, and there was some construction, and it kind of drove into some concrete, wet cement. And, and that uh, was something we were talking about with Teslas and any of the autonomous autonomous driving. You know, in construction zones, there's no lines for them to follow. They don't right. know what to do. No, they don't know what to do, but, and uh, they just go what what they know to do, and and off they go. And there you so go. So what's the but that's where we're heading. I mean, it just seems like there, you know, that technology exists, and I've seen probably ten of them down in downtown Phoenix, and they were just carrying people going here and there. So and none of them had an accident when I was there, but it's just that's getting maybe where we're going. Again, I'm not comfortable with getting into a vehicle with nobody behind the wheel, and nothing. <laughs> I mean, like, do I have like Top Gun exit a? abilities where i can just pull these things on my chair and it blasts me through the roof if i sense danger well yeah i you know i don't know if what happens you're going to want to know where the door locks are and how to get out because i'd rather bail out than uh wait to see what happens (laughs) right (laughs) what do i do (laughs) it's just yeah i know in this part of the country we probably don't see them and i don't know that they're up here at all i doubt that they're up here but it's just an interesting sight to see Uh, you're looking over and, and and they follow the speed limit to the letter because well, uh, the, the the traffic's all backed up behind him, thought that was interesting. Sure, I it, I was out in front because you know I was going. <laughs> We're be. back to green flag racing. You've driven with me. You know I'm going to be out in front. I'm not going to be following that guy. Yeah, there's a rental car that's seeing some air <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> Here, here's another interesting article. They uh, Ford a Ford Motor Company has kind of stopped all the and we talked about this all the lightnings the electric lightning trucks. Sure. Kind of stops stop sale, which means they're not selling them at all anymore. What's out there is out there, and, and Ford they, ain't selling a truck. Well, and and they've been holding up a lot of. They've had a lot of trucks sitting on the uh, out in Detroit for three months that haven't been delivered, and they're not really saying any reason why that that they haven't been. They're just out there, and mm-hmm. uh, kind of an interesting deal. So, here's something else that I found that I thought was you know we talked about Scout. Remember the old international scouts? Do I? Well, they went away. We all know that they went away, but they're they're coming back as an EV, and you know the, the scout truck was just kind of like the Bronco. They were very just a popular. Square yep, with and some they, wheels, and they becoming more popular. And who's bringing them back, and who's funding the scout portion of that is is Volkswagen. 
Hmm, interesting. They're bringing it back, but they're bringing it back as a full EV. So International hasn't done anything since the 60s as far as passenger car wise or truck wise. I don't know that they ever had a car, but I mean, they always had pickups in the 40s and 50s. Well, yeah, that's because what the farmers needed. Yeah. They I needed mean, a they truck. Haven't. And they were durable. Well, they had a they had a, a suburban style, and then they had a pickup, mm-hmm. and then they had a little small this, SUV. And the Scout came out in what the '60s. Oh yeah, but yeah, I mean they were popular for their time, but I don't think they've done anything since then. They they, they plan on to sell uh, maybe a hundred or two hundred thousand vehicles is their goal, and um, you know employ maybe four thousand people building all electrics. But electric is kind of struggling, you know, as, as we talked about the other day. There was. Um, they're building them, but people just aren't clamoring to go get them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're trying to throw up incentives, and and then they're lowering the price to make them more attractive. But here's the big problem, um, is that when you go buy a car at X amount of dollars, and then the next year it comes out and it's $5,000 cheaper, mm-hmm. you've not only lost the depreciation that you had yeah. when you drove it right off the lot, now you lost an extra $5,000. And the car lots are kind of struggling to figure out what these are worth. Yeah, what are they doing for trade-in? Yeah, I mean, if you're a Honda, you know you know what your electric stuff's going to be. But if you bring a used car in, say a Tesla or something else or a Bolt, it's hard to price that. Because once you lower the price of a new car, it makes these other used ones just go away. The bottom's gone. The bottom's yeah. gone. So you're, you're losing what you paid for it immediately. And you're probably upside down and trying to get rid of it. Well, mm-hmm. you take it to the auction. Nobody wants that. Now you've already lost five grand on something that you couldn't afford to lose five grand on. So it's getting to be a little bit of wild, wild west. And there are some businesses out there that suffered that kind of damage. You know that uh, they were going to be the EV guys to go to, and Tesla drops theirs down, and that was their markup. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a, it's not going to be the it's going to be a tough business to kind of get into or, or navigate kind of down the road. And I, I you know, you got to be careful what you have. It's going to be, see how long it's going to be before the engine kind of car, or the, the gas engines kind of go away. But it seems like a lot of people like the old steadies. Yeah. They, they like to know what they can get. It's worked for 100 years. Yeah, and it's going to continue, you know, and we'll have to see. So Jim's got a 19 Ford Edge. Jim, what's going on today? Well, guys, I've got uh, a Ford Edge with 70,000 miles on it. And we've lately been experiencing shudder and jerk and stutter when we're from starting out up until about 40, 50 miles an hour, just kind of jerking. Mm-hmm. And uh, not sure what that is. I have done some research, of course, <laughs> and uh, found what? that it could possibly be a torque converter. But uh, uh, not sure what this might be, but it, it's definitely there. It could be mistaken for running over bumps in a road, but... Uh, that's not the case at all. And, Check engine. And I don't believe I don't believe it's an engine problem either. But I uh, just kind of want to see what your take on this might be. Is the check engine light on? No, it is not. No, no okay. check engine light right. or, or codes or anything. No. Yeah, you're kind of describing a misfire. Is what you're describing, but um, if you get a code scan and, and, and go into the ro- local garage, uh, like the mode local- six on a Ford, is where you have to go. Cause yeah. Fords will not set misfires like other cars. I mean, yeah. it could misfire 
thousands of times and it won't care and going to your parts store and checking that that particular scanner is not going to pick it up you're going to have to go to your the, the guy that you your normal garage because they can get into the transmission codes they can get into exactly what kyle said which is a mode six which is a deeper dive into what ford's looking at um it'll find the minute things that are going on versus just the general things that that'll kick the check engine light on okay all right yeah i have it scheduled to take it into our local ford dealer here next week and Mm -hmm. uh uh, i'm sure that's what they'll do just what you described but uh yeah there's uh, just certain things that uh the computer doesn't deem um necessary or that big a deal and some cars are more particular other cars are just wide open and uh that's just one car it's a little more wide open so yeah, yeah, I bet okay. you there's something in there. You're just, and the check engine delight really doesn't come on unless it's a PO code for the most part. Mm-hmm. It doesn't care uh-huh. about if your radio doesn't work. It doesn't care if your windows are going up and down. That's in there. the The codes are in there, but it doesn't care to show you that it's a problem. Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure here that you know we have a extended maintenance contract on this vehicle and mm-hmm. uh, just have them try. I don't want them to have them try and all different kinds of things to fix it and not fix it then and then end up being something major, you know. So. Right. Well, good luck so. on the contract because you either you got a good one or you got a bad one and you don't really know until you go through the process. Yeah, okay. Very good. Thanks, all right. guys. Appreciate, appreciate the call, Jim. All right, we're going to head over to Jack. Jack's got a 21 Highlander. Jack, uh, what's going on with the Toyota today? Hi, uh, Chuck is the name. Oh, sorry. Where, where Jack came from. But I have, uh, you know, the Highlander 2021, mm-hmm. and it calls for 87 uh, gasoline octane, and now they're coming out this 88. What's your opinion on using that 88 when it calls for 87? Oh, it's not going to hurt anything. No. It's going to be fine. Where, where are they coming out with 88 at? Well, I, I at Eagle, they had they got pumps there, the 88, so uh, I put some in, but I go, well, maybe I shouldn't be, because it's a higher... Uh, Ethanol, right? Is that what it is? Oh, E eighty five is what you're asking? No, eighty eight. Oh, so so the okay, so it's getting closer to like the ninety one or the premium. So they're okay, so they're taking a ninety one, ninety two, and they're just dropping it down to eighty eight, or just kind of going somewhere along that line. Yeah, it's, it's got yeah. Eth, it's got ethanol in it. Yeah, yeah, it's not as long as your ethanol brand is is ten ten percent, uh, you'll be fine. You're, okay. You'll be well, fine. I think it's fifteen percent. Yeah, it? you'll be you'll still be fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Chuck. All right, that wraps up another hour of the Mister Mechanic Show. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.